Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. It is finally Super Bowl week, Super Bowl Monday. Uh, both teams are in town. They got in Sunday. So who better to preview the game than our man from the Sporting Tribune, Brandon Deutsch. Brandon, how are you? Doing excellent. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. A lot of lot of headlines to follow. It's a really fun time in sports. Kind of a full circle week always for sports, right? The Super Bowl and the yeah. NBA starts to get going. People start paying attention. And hockey had, it all, had its all-star weekend. Just all comes full circle. March Madness next month. It's just That's a great right. time of year. Um, so this is definitely, I, you know, sometimes we get a Super Bowl and, you know, one team goes on a hot streak. I mean, I think San Francisco has been the team that I thought was the best team in the National Football Conference. The Kansas City Chiefs were not the best team the entire season, but they just have that moxie. You love using that word. I believe that this team has it. Patrick Mahomes has it. Travis Kelsey has it. You know, they, they've, they've, they've been here before. And so, like, even a lot was made about them going to, um, you know, the, you know they got to go to Buffalo or they got to go to Baltimore. And it's like, you know what, these guys are, are champions. So I really do believe that we got the uh, best two teams here. Um, wanted to get your thoughts on the game. The line has fluctuated a little bit, not a lot. San Francisco has actually gone up a little bit. You know, we began uh, the week when when the conference championship games came into a close. San Francisco was a two-point favorite. It went down to one point. Now it's back up to two, two and a half. I mean, I think it'll fluctuate a lot. Uh, your first thoughts as both teams are now in town, Super Bowl, you know, like opening night, we're, we're going to hear from them tonight. Your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think it's going to be an excellent game. I think a lot of people wanted to see the Lions just because of the story and people really, the Chiefs have achieved villain status now, similar to what we saw the Patriots for a lot of years, you know, dynastic type um, villain arc is kind of what they have. There's always these questions the last few years. I think when Mahomes lost to Burrow, there was that, oh, you know, Burrowhead, they started calling Arrowhead, right? Because Joe Burrow, they had won that game in overtime. Like you had mentioned last week, Arash, both of Mahomes' losses were in overtime um, and if, you know, if they didn't win the Super Bowl or if they didn't go to the Super Bowl. Now, at the end of the day, there were questions going into last year. Could Mahomes do it with no Tyree kill? And they did. They won the Super Bowl. Um, and now this year is their best defense. We talked about it before the playoffs. Like, you give Mahomes a defense like this. Look what Brady did with defenses. Even when he wasn't sharp in certain Super Bowls, he found ways to win because of their defense. This game has the potential 
to go way under um, the way the Niners have been playing, even though they have a super offense. Um, the Chiefs don't score a lot of points. They need to hold the Niners under 30 to win this game for sure. It's not, I like, I don't expect this to be 40 to 40, you know, similar to what the Eagles secondary looked like last year in the second half. And we found out this year that it wasn't that good, turns out. And that's yeah. kind of why there were all those points in the second half. But this is going to be a great football game. And as for the line movement, I know six times the bets have been on the Chiefs, but a lot of the sharp betters, like a lot of the big money coming in is, is on San Francisco. And Vegas is smart, right? Like they're, they're, a lot of future bets are on San Francisco as well. And they're trying to make money. They're not going to lose money. They don't want to lose money, right? So that's why they keep having money coming in on the Chiefs because they need it to kind of, you know, balance out the future bets and the sharp bets on the 49ers. So I think it's going to be a good game, a close one for sure. What does this do for the legacy of Patrick Mahomes if he wins? I kind of want to talk about both teams, both quarterbacks, but going into the game, I have been surprised, or maybe I shouldn't be in today's sports media landscape. You know, people have already begun to bang the drum for Patrick Mahomes being the greatest quarterback. And I'm like, we just saw Tom Brady win seven Super Bowls. Like, I mean, like this, this isn't like Terry Bradshaw or even Joe Montana. I mean, we just saw Tom Brady win his last Super Bowl in 2021. So, um, I am surprised to hear that. Not, not that I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes should be in the conversation. He should be. And if you go by where he's at in terms of his career, if this progresses, but you know, Brandon, as well as I do, you got to appreciate these moments. I mean, this idea that we're going to see Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl like every single year, it could happen. But your thoughts on people saying if Patrick Mahomes win a Super, wins a Super Bowl, he is in the conversation or could be already the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, I think these narratives are super dangerous. I think, you know, we've seen over the past few years, a lot of people living in recency bias, right? Like, it's like right now, we want, we want, uh, you know, we are living it in the NBA because LeBron does have a legitimate argument to be the greatest of all time. Patrick Mahomes has a ways to go. He's what, 28 years old, 27, 28 years old. Yeah, he has the accolades. He's probably the most talented quarterback to ever touch the quarterback or at least up there. He has two Super Bowls and maybe a third. But that's not even, that's what, maybe half of what Brady has? Not even, seven, right? Brady has seven. So even if he wins, it's not even half of Brady's Super Bowls. And I know Brady played longer, way longer than Pat. But you have to think about the types of dynasties that Brady went through, right? Like there was a, there was not a down, not bit much of a down period, but there were some down periods. There was changes when Randy Moss left the team and when, you know, they had the new era with Julian Edelman and, and, you know, the end of the Wes Welker days and then Danny Amendola and, you know, they had the pre Randy Moss days too. There were so many different variations and we're going to see that through Patrick Mahomes' career too. The AFC is just too talented. There's Joe Burrow, there's Justin Herbert with Jim Harbaugh now who is, does not get in talked about enough. Like they probably take that to a whole other level, although maybe not if Greg Roman's their OC. I yeah. know from experience watching the 2012 <laughs> and 2013 49ers and then the difference between the Ravens last year, how awful their offense and, you know, it looked like a Stone Age offense last year versus Todd Munkin this year. Um, but I digress. Going back to the point, these narratives are dangerous because we, let's just enjoy greatness. We don't have to immediately put someone on this mantle that yeah. they're the greatest player of all time. And we're going to have the same issue, Arash, when LeBron James retires. Oh, Someone's yeah. going to be like, oh, Giannis Luca. 
or Giannis Lucas, somebody, Jokic, like somebody, <laughs> we're going to put someone up there with Michael Jordan and LeBron because mm-hmm. right when someone retires, they're looking for the next person, right? But we need to just appreciate greatness, like appreciate the journey. If Patrick Mahomes finishes with just two or three Super Bowls, he's still an all-time great. Yeah, he doesn't need seven. And if he does get seven, we'll talk about it then. But it's disrespectful to Tom Brady. And I just think, you know, we're just living in an era of takes that are a lot of recency bias in him. So this leads me to the San Francisco 49ers who, again, um, you know, have, have had good quarterbacks post Montana Young. Again, with Joe Montana and Steve Young, they won all those Super Bowls. Um, you know, Colin, Colin Kaepernick could not get it done in the Super Bowl against Baltimore. Um, and then you go to, um, why am I blanking on his name? Jimmy Garoppolo lost the last time it was the 49ers Chiefs. Now we got Brock Purdy, a fascinating, you know, progression here in, in terms of going from the last pick in the draft to now starting in the Super Bowl. What would it do for Brock Purdy's legacy if he wins that first Super Bowl post Montana Young? And uh, again, young quarterback um, and what he showed in the conference championship game. Again, you know, people want to, you know, talk about his his arm strength or his, uh, you know, mobility and things like that. He just gets the job done. What does it do for Brock Purdy if he finds a way to win? Uh, I mean, it puts him on that arc of like, this is, this is a 49ers great. Um, you know, this is a 49ers legend. And whether people want to admit it or not, it's not his fault. He has five all pros on his offense. It really isn't. Is it really his fault? I mean, he was put in a great situation. Um, you know, Patrick, you can look at every great quarterback. Montana had Rice. Would Montana be Montana without Rice? You know, would Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid calling plays and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill part of his career? But now more so Travis Kelsey, right? We're going to see that when Kelsey retires in a few years, whenever that may be. Um, I think he's a very talented young guy, and a lot of people don't want to admit that they got it wrong, that they were like, they overlooked him because of his size, because of his arm. It's a Kurt Warner-esque story. And if you look at the numbers to Kurt Warner in, you know, the greatest show on turf in this Niners team, the offensive metrics are very similar. Um, you know, Brock Purdy's the first, because of the hatred that's kind of been around Brock Purdy, first quarterback ever to have 9.5 plus, you know, yards per attempt or yards per throw. Um, and in that top upper echelon and not win the MVP. Kurt Warner did it, won the MVP. Aaron Rodgers did it, one year MVP. Peyton Manning. Did we ever fault Peyton Manning for having Marvin Harrison, you know, and all those guys on his team? Like, no, we didn't, right? So it's this narrative that people are keep wanting him to turn into a pumpkin um, and, you know, show that, oh, we're right. He was a seventh round pick. And at the end of the day, you know, I do think it's unfair to put him in the conversation with guys that are just uber more talented, like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or, well, not as a quarterback, but just as a player, Lamar Jackson and um, Patrick Mahomes. It is unfair. But at the same time, I think it's uh, he's undoubtedly a top 10 guy right now just on the stats. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is never putting up MVP numbers. Like, let's be real. Let's call a spade a spade. He's the best quarterback since Steve Young on for the 49ers, right? Like, that's just a yeah. fact. Jeff Garcia wasn't even doing this. So I think it helps his legacy, but this is more of a team. I think this is a legacy game more so for Kyle Shanahan than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy will have more opportunities. What is different about this game? Again, a lot of people are picking San Francisco. San Francisco, at least as we are speaking here on a Monday uh, before the Super Bowl, they are a two, two and a half point favorite uh, again, classic Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the final score didn't really maybe show it in terms of it being a two 
possession game, but San Francisco had the lead. Um, maybe we could also touch on Kyle Shanahan in this spot again, being a part of two fourth quarter blown leads in the Super Bowl again, a historic one with Atlanta when he was the offensive coordinator and then, uh, with San Francisco against KC. Um, what is different about this game? What is different about this team that leads you to believe that San Francisco will win their first Super Bowl since 1995, I believe? Well, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> Jesus. Um, personally, I, I want to see it so bad. I haven't seen one in my lifetime. Um, but going back to it, first of all, I don't know who's picking the 49ers. Every media analyst person I see or, you know, any random tweet is all the Chiefs are going to win. Chiefs are going to win. I don't know anybody who's picking San Francisco first off, which is great for San Francisco, by the way. Um, they play very well when they're doubted, despite them being favorites. People are going to look at the spread and be like, oh, yeah, but we know how, how many bets are actually going on the Kansas City Chiefs. And rightfully so. How can you bet against Patrick Mahomes when you've seen it? And all you've seen from Kyle Shanahan is choking. But the narrative is switching to Rosh. Um, Kyle Shanahan never came back from seven-plus points down right. going into a fourth quarter until that Green Bay game. Oh, now it's 17-plus points at halftime. They come back. They A Niners team has never been this talented and had that moxie to come back down. Now, again, I don't think they'll be able to do that against the Chiefs. Like, I don't think if they're down 20 to nothing, I think you can turn it off. You know, I think yes. it's one of those things where, you know, like the Chiefs are just a more balanced team. Spagnuolo's an excellent defensive coordinator. was a terrible head coach for the Rams, if you remember. Obviously, oh, yeah. you remember. Yeah, exactly. Awful head coach. Excellent defensive coordinator. I think three Super Bowls as a coordinator. I think he was on the Giants. He was their D.C. The year they beat the undefeated Patriots, I believe, if I remember that correctly. This is a Niners team, like, in t- four years ago, they did not have Christian McCaffrey. They didn't have Brandon Ayuk, and they didn't have Brock Purdy. They had Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback. So this is a far better team, and I think they're getting disrespected. They haven't played their best football the last two weeks, which is scary for teams, especially the Chiefs. And the fact of the matter is, the Chiefs, regardless of who they have at quarterback, they have the 22nd-ranked offense in the NFL. 22nd. Wow. So if the Niners score 30-plus points, they'll win this football game. Yeah. Like nine times out of ten. It's going to be about defense this game. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where you're, you're right. Like, I am looking at the spread, and the 49ers are favored. However, when you turn it on TV or you listen to sports talk radio, no, no, no one's picking San Francisco. Everyone's picking Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's talking about the Chiefs. And again, rightfully so, when you talk about a team that's been there before, has done it before, but yeah, the whole narrative about Shanahan will be totally done if he finds a way to win a Super Bowl because yes, he did come back against the Packers and then again, he came back really big against Detroit. So, you know, we can kind of put that to rest. And by the way, that was a narrative that Sandy Reid fought for a long, long time. Great regular season coach, led Philadelphia to the Super Bowl and lost. And then you find a way to do it. And all it takes is just one. Um, by the way, uh, going around here in Las Vegas, I mean, Raiders fans could not get a worse Super Bowl matchup. The two teams that they really hate the most. Again, <laughs> the Raiders and 49ers, that rivalry was when both teams were up in the Bay. That still carries on. And then, of course, the Raiders and the Chiefs, divisional rivals. So no matter what, the Raiders will have a team that they hate celebrating on their home field. Um, just to give you a lay of the land, the Chiefs will be practicing at the Raiders facility, so they can't be happy about that. The 49ers will be at UNLV. Now, you, both of them are nice facilities, but it goes without saying that uh, the Raiders facility is much nicer. Both of the 
teams are in Lake Las Vegas, about 25 miles off the strip. Again, beautiful uh, place out there. But again, they did not want uh, the teams to be on the strip. Uh, but Brandon, I, I think some players are probably going to find a way, at least at the beginning of the week. Again, this probably won't happen Friday or Saturday, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if tonight on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, a couple of players go out. And by the way, they're human beings, right? Or would you have a problem if Brock Purdy was spotted Tuesday having dinner at Caesar's Palace? No. No one should. I wouldn't have a problem if you caught him at a poker table, but apparently the NFL was. You can't do that. That's why they're keeping him. That's why they're keeping. That's why they're keeping him fifteen miles away. Which, is, oh, by the way, Arash, you reported that. So congratulations. That was that was a great report right there. Um, but it, it makes sense. Think about all of what could go wrong with the Super Bowl being in Vegas. We know Michael Jordan and Tom Brady are going to be gambling <laughs> there together. We know they're going to be at the poker table together. We know everybody's going to be there, right? Yeah. They just didn't want the players to be anywhere close. Just to, you know, maybe some things go down, but I, I don't think it's going to be as blown out of proportion. And you might see Shavarius Ward, like he said, Shavarius Ward, you know, he wants to go turn up the first two days in Vegas. And I don't, I like, look, I don't think that's something you say, no, but I don't blame the guy. No. He's been in a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl, unlike the rest of the team they have. He won a Super Bowl in the Chiefs against the 49ers yeah. and now has the opportunity to flip that script. So again, you only live once. I get it. As long as you can lock in and focus for the end of the week, I don't have a serious problem with that if I'm a fan. Before we close out, last year around this time, I, I was in uh, Phoenix for the Super Bowl, and uh, it was it kind of aligned perfectly with the uh, trade deadline, and the Lakers made that move, as you remember, for um, D'Angelo and Jared Vanderbilt, and already prior to that, they had done the Rui Hachimura trade and really turned their season around. Um, you know, listen, we'll, we'll see what the final ruling is on Jared Vanderbilt, if he's going to be out for an extended period of time. According to Woj, he could be out for the season, which would be devastating. What do you think as we get closer to the trade deadline? And you see what this team can do. Again, I mean, Brandon blowing out Boston in Boston with no LeBron, no AD, going into New York and beating one of the hottest teams in the league. This team has shown you glimpses of what they can be. What do you want them to do? What would you like to see them do at the trade deadline? As if it doesn't, if they can keep that first round pick in 2029 and they can still get a defensive player, they definitely need to get a win that can play defense. Um, yeah. I know there's that myth that Dorian Smith is somehow warranting two first round picks. That is not true. I wouldn't listen to that report. I like Dorian Finney-Smith. He doesn't warrant two first-round picks. And the Macau Bridges five first-round picks is just a ridiculous report as well. It's obviously not true unless they're pick swaps. Now, at the end of the day, I do think they can get a defender. But I think it's unfair to characterize this season as a failure so far, even though it kind of is when you play in Hollywood. They haven't had Gabe Vincent, their best guard defender. Yeah. They haven't had Jared Vanderbilt for most of the year, their best defender. And we finally saw, not even with Vincent, when Jared Vanderbilt started playing minutes and Darvin Ham started playing these guys more, they started beating on teams pretty good. I know there were some blunders, but for the most part, Arash, they looked great and they've looked great without Jared Vanderbilt. And that should scare some of the Western Conference. Now, I don't think Denver or the Clippers are going to have a serious problem with the Lakers, but if I'm the Oklahoma City Thunder and I draw them out of the play-in or the Timberwolves, who are the top two seeds right now, I'd be really scared because I don't think either of those teams can beat the Lakers, even if they go 500 the rest of the year in a playoff series. 
Real quick before we close out, I love the fact that Doc Rivers. Uh, oh uh, my gosh! Was, <laughs> well, I mean, he takes over a team that already had like you know one of the best records in the league, and then so I so I guess he will coach the Eastern Conference All Stars like after winning just one game. Uh, but what he's going to give his bonus or something to Adrian Griffin? What's your thoughts on that? That, that had to be the craziest report I've seen all week. Like Doc Rivers is going to coach the Eastern All Stars. I'm like, really? And then he proceeds to blow a you know a 30 point swing uh, on Sunday night. You know, where they're up 12 going into the fourth quarter against the Utah Jazz and they lose by 15 in okay. typical Doc fashion. Now, Doc, great guy, but an all time choker. Death taxes and Rivers, unfortunately, choking games. Milwaukee's unfortunately a first or second round exit. I hate to say it, Arash. We already know it. The story's been written. I agree, and it's one of those things. It's, it's not like he's taking over a team that can't get over the hump, and then they bring in Doc who won a championship back in 2008. The team won a championship a couple of years ago, and they're bringing in, to your point, and I've covered multiple times when he's done this, poker. I mean, multiple 3-1, 3-2 series leads. So, but I just, I mean, like, the league has to do, like, if there's a coach firing in the middle of the season, not even in the middle, you know, 30 games left. So someone else should be coaching that team, not Doc Rivers. Why isn't Joe Missoula coaching the team? Exactly. Yeah. It makes no makes sense. No sense. <laughs> All right. Listen, we got a, we got a big week here. Uh, we will have you back on, um, Brandon. So let's leave it there for now. When we come back, AEW is going to be having a show during the Super Bowl week on the Saturday before Super Bowl. So we'll talk to Samoja when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. To get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas. And the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, not only is it Super Bowl week, there's a lot of events around the Super Bowl, surrounding the Super Bowl. And one of the uh, most popular, at least uh, here at the Sporting Tribune, that we're really looking forward to is Saturday, February 10th, the Saturday before the Super Bowl. AEW is coming to Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center um, and one of the big superstars, who will be there is Samoa Joe. And we had our main man, Adrian Hernandez, uh, catch up with Samoa Joe. This interview took place, uh, a couple months ago, but definitely wanted to play for, uh, wanted to play it back for you this week with AEW taking place here this on the Saturday before the Super Bowl. So without any further ado, here he is, our main man, Adrian Hernandez, talking to Samoa Joe. We are fortunate to spend some time with a legend, in my opinion, Samoa Joe. Joe, how are you, brother? I'm excellent, man. How about yourself? 
Man, I'm doing good. And look, it's your first time on the show, first time we've talked. And before we get into wrestling, and I have to ask you questions to get on Fightful and do all that stuff, uh, we need to break the ice, okay? And let me tell you my little situation about what's going on in my life. Just got new neighbors. They just moved in. They're super dope. They're Samoan. It's Christmas season. I want to set the tone right. I want to, like, you know, just spread good vibes. Is there something I can do, like, as a show of good faith? That You know, like, is, is there anything I could do? Oh, 100%. Brother, you need to go find yourself some big cans of corned beef. Now, you take them big cans of corned beef, and you take it over to your neighbors. And trust me, they're going to cook you a meal that's going to shut it down with that corned beef, and you're going to have a great time. So, I mean, you trust me. You do that. That enough in and of itself, that, that tells people that you know what to get a Samoan family come the holidays, bro. <laughs> hey, that's amazing. And to be honest, uh, the the, uh, the father of the household was like, what up, Oos? And I popped. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. I felt cool. I'm like, okay, this is that's good. That's how it this is, is man. Good. It has to come in the can. You know, I don't want no <laughs> fancy corned beef you get in the debt. Nah, corned beef in a can, bro. When you bring that to them, they're going to take care of you for the holidays. Joe, I appreciate you. And look, I, I requested to talk to you last month for a specific reason and now that reason has exploded into a bigger thing and i just told you i view you as a legend good sir and your impact has went across professional wrestling into the nba so first and foremost with draymond green can we rate the chokehold out of 10 like how how good did he really put that hold in you know, I've seen Draymond play for quite a while now. Draymond has always been a, a far better thug than he has been as of late. You know, he's just not hiding the stuff like he used to. You know, he used to kind of like look the other way, stomp on a guy's guts. You know, he used to choke a guy, but then pretend like, oh, no, he's holding on to my arm. Like, see, Draymond even trying as hard as he used to to hide it. That's why, you know, of the Draymond chokes I've seen over his career, that last one was probably about a six. You know what I mean? Like, he just he, he didn't disguise it as well. That tornado punch he threw. I mean, I've seen him throw that tornado punch for years. And, you know, he always got away with it because he had, oh, I was, over here and punching this way, like you got you got a good little rhythm with that. But you know, the, as of late, I think just Draymond is you know he, he needed to pay a little bit more credence to, to to the quality thugging that he can get away with, not this just haphazard flailing of the arms that he's been doing lately. I mean, that's why he's suspended right now. <laughs> hey, brother, the Warriors dynasty is crumbling in more ways than one. They just they used to be better at everything, just a little bit better, a little bit cleaner, a little bit tighter. By the way, has there been anyone more suited? to get into an AEW ring from the professional, uh, uh, other professional athletes than Draymond? You know, he might be, he might be one of them. You know, he might be a candidate, you know, uh, you know, if, if the suspension don't work out the way he wants to, maybe a little bit of free time, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can get him crossed over a little bit. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> hey, he can show up to a world's end and do his podcast. It'll be great. Oh, um, great. Yo, one thing I want to ask is like the, if someone asked me, like, what do you love about Samoa Joe, in my opinion, I'm like, well, first and foremost, like, everyone needs to take notes on the presence. When he walks in, things change and the attention changes. Um, and it's been weird this year seeing some of these viral videos of just fans showing up at the airport with the Funko Pops, with the audit, with, with the 50 million pictures. And please, can you sign this for my son? But don't put his name because I'm trying to sell this on eBay and all this stuff. And it's been real OD. And I'm curious for you. I just feel like nobody really tries you in public, right? Uh, you know, I, I've been I've been fortunate enough. The fans have always been very gracious throughout my career. I will say this, man. I have no issue signing stuff for people, but uh, you know, I'll sign a thing for you. You know, I mean, you, you roll up to me with fifty things and. You know, all this other stuff, you know, you, you, I'm signing doing the line for you, B. You know, I, I, I got I got that card for you, my partner. But, you know, other than that, uh, you know, it, it, listen, fa- fans are a wonderful thing. I know some some wrestlers have an issue with them. Uh, that's all fine and dandy. Concern, you know, if you want to come up, show the love, say what's up, come say what's up. 
But, uh, you know, just know uh, we all got time on our hands and I'll give you as much as I can, but it won't be much. <laughs> Not the 50 different uh, camera shot pictures. Hey, oh, could yeah. you sign all these? No, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> something I'm never going to have to experience, thankfully. Um, <laughs> yo, uh, bring it up this year, too. Um, as someone who's been a veteran who's been literally everywhere, what's been wilder for you to realize that wrestling is on television six days a week at least or the fact that now – there are post-game, post-event press conferences and kind of the media involvement and the, the change in that, which wasn't a thing 10 years ago. I think both are astonishing to me. You know, I think uh, the, the, the prevalence and the importance of live sports in the current media environment is, is definitely a big contributor to the fact that why, you know, you have to see so much pro wrestling now you know, on TV. You know, I came from an era where there wasn't a lot of opportunity. And, you know, we kind of dreamed of a scenario like this where we have a lot of companies doing what they can to to provide work for for, for guys like me. And, um, you know, it, it's a wonderful thing to see that it's come to that point in the industry. And I, and I, and I really love to see it. I love to see uh, fans get an opportunity to, to see what we do. And the more opportunities they get to see it, then uh, I guess the happier I am. Yeah. And you, and you talk about the era that you came up in. It's always fascinating, you know, being fortunate with this job, getting to talk to trailblazers and people who broke through um, and. You know, it's always a case of they didn't do this to break through and, and, and change the game. They were doing it because they were just trying to make it work, trying to survive and trying to do what they love. And there was a, a fascinating tweet from Abu. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right from Russell Puris. And he kind of talked about, you know, you, Danielson, Punk, Styles, you know, you guys leading the forefront. Um, back in the day and kind of changing the landscape of professional wrestling and giving us fans like a different presentation of what a match could be um, and how one of the reasons why you guys did that is because you had to travel everywhere to make it work, work in different countries, different crowd sizes before you got to where you guys are at now. And now with social media and stuff, you look at a dude like Nick Wayne who signs when he's 18 he's always going to be under the umbrella of producers and people telling him what to do and kind of not, going through the school of hard knocks for lack of a better term of learning, trying things out, going out there in a crowd of just maybe 50 people and kind of those dynamics and how things have changed. Like, how do you view that? Uh, first off, like I said, you know, I worked for a, a long time trying to uh, build opportunity in this industry for, for, you know, outside of, of the, the traditional, uh, uh, uh companies that, you know, were, were the path, you know, and, uh, to see where we're at now, to see that guys like Nick Wayne at 18 are given opportunities to be signed early. You know, some people would be a little bit uh, upset or, or pissed off about it. No, that's mission accomplished. That's what I wanted. You know, I wanted there to be a pipeline for young guys to get into, you know, uh, uh, real work, you know, and uh, there wasn't a lot of real work. You know, at the time, WCW had closed down. Uh, you know, ECW was was also, uh, you know, kind of in its last uh, phases of, of its existence and its initial uh, incarnation. So it's like it was a very, very difficult time. And now, you know, uh, for me to be upset that there's boundless opportunity uh, after I've done all this work to get it to this point would seem pretty, uh, pretty stupid on my part. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy with that. You know, and whether or not uh, he develops the same way, that's not for me to say. All I know is uh, a lot of those producers and, you know, people who supposedly are telling him what to do, 
uh, you know, these are these are trusted voices in the industry who have a lot of experience. And, uh, you know, as a young grappler, I think some of the, the most fundamentally uh, career changing things came from, you know, just good sage advice from people who knew what the hell they were doing. And, um, you know, that that can't be understated enough. And I hope that uh, he receives that type of advice and training as he comes up through the ranks. And, uh, you know, I hope that there's more opportunity for young grapplers to uh, to succeed in this industry. You know, this this is what I strive for when I was working for. And to see it coming into fruition now. I'm very happy with it. Yo, hoping you and yours had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And now it is Black Friday. And as you do your shopping, I'm in flight to Chicago, Illinois. Lucky enough to be able to cover Survivor Series. And I wouldn't be able to do that without the good folks at Zip Chair. And now, watch how I combine the two. I told you it's Black Friday. And Zip Chair, if you don't know, makes some of the best furniture in the business. So here's the deal. You want to be the MVP this Christmas season and you want to give the best gift, whether it's a huge sports fan. Why don't you give them the bar stools for the basement with their favorite team's logo? You know what I'm saying? All right, the Mets, the Lakers, it doesn't matter. NBA, MLB, MLS, NFL, collegiate, they got it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you want to get the recliner, the couch, all the same, all comfortable. But then what I specialize in. I'm in my office, I'm in my chair, I'm at my desk a lot, editing videos, playing games, replying to emails, whatever. A lot of hours spent in that seat, and that seat needs to be comfy, and that seat needs to be a zip chair. Use that discount code ADRIAN to save 10% off and be the MVP of this holiday season. Hey man, salute to you having that mindset because a lot of people don't have it, even in radio. Yeah, you know, um, people, you know who those people are? They broke. They broke. They don't make this money. Oh, broke people all got all. They mad at everybody. Hey. Oh my goodness. We all need to come I, over here on the good side where, where it's nice and profitable and we ain't mad at anybody for, for living their life, you know? <laughs> and insurance and then good health care, yeah. all these every, good every things. that's mad about a young guy getting an opportunity is because you broke. So knock it off, man. Get out here, get your own opportunities. You'll be fine. Worry about yourself before you worry about everybody else. <laughs> uh, you, you speak about being broke. First off, that's going to be the IG trailer for people to check out the interview. So thank you for that. Good, good sir. Um, <laughs> and another thing that made money uh, was, was all in, um, and look, I just, in terms of your career and things that you've done, being a part of that show with the attendance and just really what that show meant um, and that the fact that it was even possible, where does that rank in your career when you look at accolades and things like that? Oh, very high. I mean, obviously, just 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 for those reasons. I mean, just the, the recognition of what the fan base is and see it all out and come out and, and be a part of this huge event. I mean, that, that, that you know, spoke volumes to me. And so... Um, yeah, man, I, I, it was it was a massive, massive moment, and it's one I, I greatly appreciate, and one I'm, I didn't expect to be a part of, but very happy that I was a part of. Um, and one thing I do have to ask you is, I was in LA, uh, I was at the forum for Full Gear. Um, as someone who's done everything that you've done, I just want to get your initial reaction when you're backstage, seeing what the hell Swerve Strickland and Hangman Page did in that match. What was the reaction? Uh, for me, it's funny. I, I'm not surprised, you know, especially when it comes to those two individuals. You know, these are two guys who, you know, undoubtedly are in the prime right now, and they're looking to make their mark on the world. They're looking to, you know, give everything they have to the fans, and and uh, you know, paint a very violent and, and crazy picture in the process. And um, 
you know, watching the match, it, it did not surprise me at all. You know, both both men have been tremendously uh, dedicated to to the to the program leading up and, and wanting to give the best to the fans. And the match that was delivered was, uh, you know, exceeded expectations, and mine were pretty high. So, I mean, it, it's a testament to both those gentlemen to go out there and, 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 and perform and deliver in that environment. It was the craziest, like, atmosphere I've ever been in. Um, all the fellas, including me, were like, yo, y'all need to chill. All the women were screaming, we want more blood. Let's go. I'm like, what Ma- type of how world? It works, by the way, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, bro, it's crazy. Um, I, as we come to the end of the year, and by the way, uh, you're trying to get that Triple B belt, World's End. You can get it on pay-per-view December 30th as you uh, take on MJF. But as we close out the year... Um, at any point in your career, I can imagine now you don't really care, but I'm interested as you were on the come up. How much do you care about like the end of the year lists and and what your 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 Meltzer ratings and things like that? Like how much did that play a part come, uh, in your come up? Uh, my my uh, end all be all uh, uh, judge and executioner is the fans. And that's the way it's always been. Um you know, I don't knock people for for uh, digging Meltzer ratings. You know, he's a guy with the who's watched a ton of wrestling, has a strong opinions about it. But I mean, to me, that's what it's always been. You know, I've always appreciated when he's like my stuff, and when he hasn't, well, you know, that that fan didn't particularly like my stuff that time. And I think that's the way. You know, uh, I've always taken it. You know, my my my. I'm not a master to a, a publication. I'm a master to the fans that show up and come to see me and then want to be entertained. And that's really the focus of what I do. You know, I'm. I'm I'm out there for, for, for the people, not for myself. I'm not out there trying to pad my resume or get a bunch of accolades so that I can seem important somewhere down the line when I'm nice retired. No, I want to leave memories with people. I want you to come to a show, say you saw some old Joe rock the house and have a great time. And that's really always been my focus in my career, man. And like, if that coincided and it happened to, uh, you know, catch the critics hour and they dug it, then cool. And if it didn't, that's cool too. You know, man, my, my main focus has always been on the people who show up to the arena and want to have a good time. And uh, those that tune in at home and give me a, uh, a few hours of their time of their busy daily schedule. And, you know, that's, that's my focus, man. I, I want, I want the people at home to enjoy it. And like I said, if it all works out and everybody enjoys it, cool. And if some people don't, well, that's cool too. As long as uh, the people that I set out to entertain are entertained. Facts. And you can't make everyone happy. Um, and something well, I that's me... a long time ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, No, straight up. Well, one thing that's made me happy is this, uh, this feud per se that you've had with MJF. Um, a lot of twists and turns. Um, it's just been cool. Even the history that you guys have, uh, which some people may not remember, um, and seeing that, you know, kind of play out. Uh, if you could, and this is weird because you're trying to kick his ass and take everything that he cares about on December 30th. But yeah. to me, you know, you talk about these lists, and it's funny because I'm a sports radio host. This is all mm-hmm. we do. We argue every day. You think LeBron's the greatest. I think Steph's the greatest. And there we go for three hours every day. Yeah. But I think that some people have kind of like, not giving MJF the credit, like to me, he's put himself in this position where he's kind of become the leader of AEW. He's 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 took the ball and he's ran with it, and that's a lot. It's a different thing than some of these other people that have also done great, but they weren't in that position of being the top guy. Um, in this year, I guess if you could talk to me just about MJF and kind of his growth. 
Uh, I think I think you kind of encapsulated a lot about how I feel about MJF. You know, the, the bottom line is, you know, a lot of people say they want to score a touchdown, but not many people are willing to go up there and rip the ball out of somebody's hand and go do it. And AJF, MJF is definitely one of those guys. You know, he's a guy that's not going to sit around waiting for opportunities to slap him in the face. He's very proactive. He's going to get out in front of things, and he's going to try to go make opportunities for himself. And, you know, that in and of itself is a testament to most people who are successful in this industry, is that they're not people who wait around for somebody to recognize their greatness. They go out there and they show the world every every week and so you know mjf has been pretty consistent in that aspect and uh i think that is definitely where his biggest growth has been yeah well december 30th it ends hopefully for you oh yes you get to end all that and you get to take the title um before we get into uh, close this out and again thank you so much for the time aw collision first time ever at the dollar loan center an amazing venue first professional wrestling event in the venue as well tickets just went on sale access.com aw ticks dot com as well the night before the big game just to make that weekend that much better um one thing i do need to ask you is you know we're we're now living through the final stages of uh brian danielson's final year um professional wrestler in AEW. i know he says he's not going to completely retire but this full time and then we're, we're running up against sting retiring and i know that if AEW wasn't a thing you might have been done as well um, for you, how long do you see yourself? Is this is this a situation until my body tells me I can't do it no more? Or how does this play out in a perfect world for you? Oh, no, I'll probably stop all before then. No, I, you know, I've, I've been really, really fortunate. When I came off the concussion, I took uh, two years off to really get everything back in, in order. And, and in that time, too, just in the recovery process, really changed a lot of, around in my training and changed a lot of things around that have benefited me to a great amount uh, health-wise. And, uh, you know, I feel good right now. Um, as far as where, where the, 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 the train will end, uh, I'll let it play out a little bit more. But I, I will say this. Uh, I have definitely have a, a, a more than a handful of good years left in me. And uh, beyond that, um, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, if, we, if we are going to go out, we're going to go out with a bang. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how these next few years play out. Let's go. And look, man, you got a lot of other things you got to handle, which is where we'll transition to. First off, your reaction, Twisted Metal Season 2? Uh, beyond excited, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the the, the reception from fans, uh, you know, worldwide has been tremendous. Uh you know, I know the numbers, uh, the streaming numbers have been off the charts phenomenal for Peacock, and they're more than excited for a season for the season to bring up. You know, and I'm 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 just tremendously excited to get back in the truck and uh, and uh, introduce some new characters to the Mad World, Twisted Metal to the world, and uh, hopefully bring some new favorites that uh, fans have been dying to see. Hopefully, bring them to to to, to life uh, on the screen. So um, it, it's been a fantastic experience. You know, obviously Anthony Mackie's a, a tremendous actor and very very fun to work with, uh, including the entire cast and. Uh, I, I I can't wait for season two. Have you been able to play the Suicide Suicide Squad game yet? Have you got a build yes, yet? Yes, I have. I participated in the Alpha. Got a little early play test. Actually, post uh, uh, all in in London, went down to the Rock City Studios and, and got a little hands on it for the first time. And uh, very very excited about that too. Obviously, we're 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 coming out next year. Uh, look forward to uh, WB having a big presence on AEW here with that. But. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a really really fun game. I'm I'm looking forward to everybody checking it out. I don't know if I'm breaking any of that alpha NDA, even saying it's good, but it's it's a good deal. So <laughs> no, I think you are. They've done all the gameplay videos. They they've shown yeah. a lot, so I think you're good. Yo, and by the way, rest in peace to E3. Um, since, since we were bringing up games, um, oh that's crazy. I'm excited for that. Okay, so this will be the last question. We'll close you out on this. 
Um, Iron Claw is debuting next week in theaters. All right, that was our main man, Adrian Hernandez, talking to AEW superstar Samoa Joe. Uh, that is all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow, live from Las Vegas at Super Bowl Radio Row. This is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.